I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple here. A day later because we wanted to wait, Sip, on what our headline number one is going to be. Um, and headline number one here uh, for this week on Husker Online Headlines is Nebraska Volleyball will be playing a game uh, inside Memorial Stadium. They're going to be taking on UNO. Uh, that's going to take place August 30th at 7 p.m. Before that, you'll have Nebraska Kearney playing Wayne State at 4.30. Uh, so a monumental announcement, not only by the University of Nebraska, but by the entire state college and University of Nebraska system, uh, as all four of these are public institution colleges in the state of Nebraska. You had Trev Alberts there. You had Chancellor Ronnie Green, President Ted Carter, Athletic Director Trev Alberts, Volleyball Coach John Cook. And then obviously uh, you had the governor there, Jim Pillen, for this press conference. I just got back from its SIP. Um, you can tell there's a lot of buzz and excitement uh, to set the record for the largest crowd ever at a women's sporting event in NCAA history. Yeah, I mean, I think right away, John doesn't like the fact that with John Cook, uh, the Nebraska volleyball coach doesn't like the fact that uh, Wisconsin has the single season or the, excuse me, the single game NCAA record, which was 16,833. Um, this past season for Florida at the Cole Center, a, a match that Wisconsin actually lost. But, hey, Sean, there's not that many places that could do this. It's a flex. It's a flex. And I don't know how many places could even even dream of doing this and have, you know, hope to have, I don't know, the, the, are they, they want to sell out? Well, so they had a, a map of what it's going to look like mm-hmm. in the stadium. And the, the, the volleyball court is going to be set up towards the north end zone but if the capacity and the tickets sell it will get moved closer and closer to center field um so they've got a plan yeah and let me tell you the volleyball court on the football field there it is right there sweet uh looks pretty small i mean it it doesn't you know you look at it from there so i would imagine i wonder how much floor seating they're going to put down there on the field level uh because you are pretty far away i mean this kind of reminds you was it that when they played like the first final four in a dome, was it the Astrodome when UCLA or one of those teams played there and just how far away you are from the action. That's what it's going to be like. So you're not going to necessarily go for great seats. You're going to go for the experience of that's of, it of, of the history and what this is all about. Yeah. Now, I mean, I am intrigued concert stage because what does that mean? Like uh, they didn't really get into the, that, but it sounds like there's going to be maybe some sort of concert tied to it. They joke that John no, there Cook, is no in the release, Sean, they said there's going to be a, they haven't said who it is though. Yeah. No band announced, but they're going to have a, a you know, an, I, I would call it an international act, just not announced. Yeah. There's going to be a concert attached to it that is included in the ticket prices, which are very manageable by the way, $25 for adults, $5 for high school age and under. What a week for Trev Alberts that's going to be, though. You're going to have this game, Wednesday, full crowd. Who, who knows what the number is? I'm going to say at least 50,000. That's my prediction. At least. Okay. At least. Jeez, that's, and a, that's a big To number. put it into perspective, 
the largest, and Abby Barmore broke this down on Husker Online, the largest crowd ever for an NCAA women's game was in 2002. UConn and Oklahoma and the Alamo Dome. That's drew, women's basketball. Women's basketball yeah. drew 29,619. Yeah, that's yeah. That was a that was a national title game, I believe. The largest WNBA crowd was twenty two thousand seventy six. We know the largest volleyball crowd was Wisconsin, Florida, in the Kohl Center. Now Abby took it a step further, and you know there's the five largest crowds ever to watch a women's sporting event. Uh, you, you look at their soccer games, their World Cup games. USA versus China drew over ninety thousand. Australia versus India, India in the um, World Cup final drew eighty six thousand plus. USA Japan and the Olympic final drew over 80,000. England versus Germany drew over 77,768. And then uh, you had Atletico Madrid, Barcelona get 60,739 in Madrid, Spain. So you, you look at just those numbers, you know, is it attainable that they could crack into the top five? I mean, I, I think yeah. it kind of is. I, I think I so. mean, it's kind of, it's crazy, but it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people, will just want to be there for the experience a flex. and again yeah it's a big it's a big flex and again very affordable i mean that's the 25 thing. 25 for adults five dollars for high school and under so it's great uh there'll be a lot like if you're a volleyball purist and are going to to watch every point i i don't think that's what this is about i think this is about like you said the experience reminds me of um the way the setup is by the way um in the north end zone where they're putting the teraflex court um, that's where they set up the stage for Farm Aid. Um, so, so yeah, 1987. I was at the Garth Brooks show, and that yeah. that was electric. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't there. Um, I was at Farm Aid in 1987. Uh, that's more my style. Um, but yeah, that's where they they set up the the stage at Farm Aid in the North End Zone there. Uh, I remember September 19th, 1987. But yeah, there there you go. There's the numbers. Yeah, I think they could get to six. Gosh, sixty thousand seems doable. Yeah, seventy-seven would be like ninety percent full. I don't have a. I mean, it's never happened, so it's hard to know for sure. If they sold everything out, they could get to number two all time. Now that's a big. It's a Wednesday night. Like, and somebody brought that up to me. Keep in mind, this is a Wednesday night. Yeah, but and the band. You know the band. The band has something to do with it too. I mean, I don't know what what we're talking about here. I don't know who they're bringing in, but what if it's you know, I don't know. Name a huge act. Um, come on, Sean. You're you're. What, what would your girls like to well, see? Well, I was also Taylor in Swift. What if it were Taylor Swift? I doubt that's going to happen. The but. Dixie Chicks are in Omaha that they same night. They don't call night. them the Dixie Chicks anymore. They're just the Chicks. The Chicks are in Omaha that night. You're going to get canceled, Sean. <laughs> um, it's just the Chicks. Just the Chicks. It's just the the chicks. chicks are in Omaha that same night. Um, one person at the press conference informed me coming down the elevator. Oh, really? So they'll have a little competition with that going on. Maybe they can convince the chicks to come well, play. And, yeah, maybe that's what's happening. Um, play up here. I, I doubt it. But um, it is, you know, you think about what that week is going to be for Trev Alberts. This game, then Thursday night, probably a nationally televised Fox game with Matt Rule against P.J. Fleck mm -hmm. heading into Labor Day weekend. Wow. Uh, it's a big week. Talk about a week for Trev Alberts. Yeah. A week for Nebraska. A week for Nebraska. Yeah, a week for Nebraska sports. Yeah. And you think about this state and how, you know, it's the people and the fans that keep Nebraska relevant. And it, it's events like this that, you know, Nebraska is on under 2 million as a state in population. They can draw this kind of crowd for a volleyball. It's match. incredible. It's, it's, it's unheard of. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I opened with, I, I just wonder how many places 
that you could do this and expect to draw 40,000 plus. I don't know how many there are. There's probably some, but not many, not many. Some might say we're all a little crazy. Mm. We just don't have much to do. Oh. <laughs> um, but that, now, we won't be able to go. We're going to be in Minneapolis. Yeah, we'll be taken off from Minneapolis on wins that, that day. That's okay. We can. But that's gonna. We'll watch it. It's yeah. gonna be on the BTN now. Everybody that's in the event will get fifty thousand dollars each. Uh, Wayne State, oh, UNK teams, and okay. Nebraska Omaha will all get fifty thousand. Um, which I'm sure, in the context of their budgets, that's a significant amount of money for a a game that you know it's not going to cost a lot of money to get up here and play. Yeah, let's face it, Sean. We're talking about something that's very unique. I mean, that's what that's what this is extremely unique you just and couldn't do this many places john cook was pretty i think you can sense that he was a little uneasy about doing this really um you know just like but he was uneasy about playing in the devaney center he wanted to stay in the coliseum mm -hmm. i mean he, he you know naturally as a coach you're cynical on things like this well yeah I cynical i mean he's uh you, you got to think about the weather a little bit you know i mean if it's windy what how does that affect now they things? play beach volleyball outside they do i wonder if they use a different sort of ball i don't know how that I don't know how that works, but um, yeah, you hope for, you hope for, you know, it's not one of those days where the wind's whipping. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to pour cold water on it. This is great. And John, you know, you're playing a team that's manageable, but let's face it. If they lost the match, it wouldn't, I don't know that how much it would mar the experience. You're still going to have a great experience. Well, and some people are like, why not Creighton? And I think with Creighton, they could a beat Nebraska. They're a top 20. Well, program. I think that's okay though. And B like, you don't want a game with that type of stakes that could have weather affect it. True. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that, and I, I don't know, we don't know the schedule yet, but I'm sure Nebraska's playing Creighton. Creighton's like the Big East champion every year, so that's a big match. And I don't yeah. know if they want to put that in this type of situation uh, moving forward. And anyway, let's Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Let's move on. Headline number two. Uh, Sip, we've met now all of Matt Rule's coaches mm -hmm. plus strength coach Corey Collier. Give me some of your early impressions of the Matt Rule coaching staff. Well, I, I, would, I would say that he's going to put a lot on those coordinators because of the youth below them. The coordinators are critical. Um, that's one thing that comes to mind. Another thing that comes to mind is Marcus Satterfield, that whole spiel about he's going to use a huddle um, and he wants to use a fullback and they're going to, they're going to run the ball. I just, I just, I just, you know, I have, when I envision that and close my eyes, I just love it. I just hope that's what we're seeing. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thought. So Satterfield and White are critical in this discussion because now they're critical because they have a lot of youth under them, but also because they're how to have to teach their systems to a lot of these guys. Um, you know, that like Wager and Satterfield have never worked together. Wager. Is yeah, it Wager. Wager. Bob Wager. They haven't worked together. Um, White hasn't worked with all those defensive coaches. So there's a, I know that that's critical. He's going to have to teach that. Like I'd say right now it's going on. 
pretty, yeah, probably right now that they have to teach their systems and those coaches, assistant coaches have to become very adept quickly. This is not a league where you get a lot of slack. I mean, the, the big 10 is a coach's league. And as you've mentioned, Sean, they open the season at Minnesota against a veteran staff. Um, now, then they go to Colorado, but, I mean, Prime's Prime. Prime's pretty proven. So they're going to – I don't know what Prime staff looks like, but they got to get – Tim their, Brewster's on that staff. They got to get stuff in order. These are two big games right out of the gate. And, of course, we're giving Matt Rule plenty of slack. There's nobody – There's no, we're not, nobody's putting pressure on them. But, Sean, when the lights come on and you're keeping score in the games on TV, that's pressure. I mean, I'm not saying that we're putting pressure on – but the world's watching those games. Okay, yeah, they, they will, those viewership numbers will be gigantic. Will be huge. I yeah. mean, that Thursday night game will have a massive number because it's the first game of the season in college football mm-hmm. again for Nebraska. By the way, I guess Notre Dame's going to play in Ireland this year, uh, but Nebraska opened the season last year on Fox. And then this Colorado game, when you talk about Pac-12 television property, Nebraska at Colorado will be as prime of a piece, yeah, as they have in that package. Yeah. So. Will will that be elevated to a night game? Will Big Noon want to put it at? I mean, I think actually for Nebraska's sake, you hope it's Big Noon. Mm-hmm. Then it's a 10 a.m. kick in Boulder. Mm-hmm. But would they do that? Would the Pac-12 do that? I don't know. But back to the coaches and the impression. The reason I bring Sorry, that up. No, that's okay. The reason I bring that up is because we've heard from all of them now. You know, we've heard they Matt Rule had his guys talk to the media, each of the guys. So now we have an idea. And it's not, I'm not judging them off of a press conference. In fact, I'd give this two years before I really judge anybody harshly, but we got a better idea of what we're dealing with now. And I think it was a good picture. I thought, for instance, Rob Dvorak, um, him, him, there was a good question asked of him as what, how would you describe Tony White's defense? And he said, chaos, that they can, a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. They can be in a lot of different looks, but it all looked the same. See, that's all very interesting to me. Um, I've, I've, I've said, I've said before that the D line coach to me was maybe the most interesting. Um, Terrence Knighton. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Terrence, pot roast. Yeah, pot roast. Um, because he, I mean, for one thing, he likes the media. <laughs> He's he he enjoys talking to us, and he is a. I mean, you saw each of these guys. They did it all a little different. They're all a little different. They're individuals. But they commanded the room pretty well, and I thought that was important because they have to command the room every day. They have to command their, they have to command their individual position room every day. And I thought each of those guys, in his own way, did a good job of commanding the room. And I wonder if Matt Rule wanted to see what that looked like himself. And they did. I'd say each of them did a good job. You notice they showed up and were very engaging, like they weren't. You know, it, it was like. Okay, we know the importance of this. And I thought they they approached it that way. Corey Campbell was excellent. I mean, Corey Campbell in front of the cameras, this is a strength coach. He doesn't do this very often, but he handled it so well, right? You saw you were you were the sitting there asking questions. Sean, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, I mean the biggest thing I'll say is 
the way he went about hiring his staff still like jumps out to me. Like he could have went out with the money he had and put together this all-star staff, mm -hmm. big names, big egos, big personalities, mm -hmm. guys that have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. That's not the route he went. Maybe he tried. I mean, you heard names early on, like Elijah Robinson, Texas A&M, you know, some big names out there that he was connected to. Mm -hmm. um, but he went with a, a group that he can mold mm -hmm. to work with him where yeah. I think if you go out and try to hire a bunch of veteran big name guys, they already think they have it all figured out. Some and, do. Yeah. And the staff kind of goes their own directions at points yes, and recruiting some, yeah. and coaching and meetings. You can tell this is Matt rule staff and everybody on that staff reports to him. No doubt. That I mean, that's, that, I mean, that, that, that really I, comes through. I mean, this is his staff. Like yeah. that's my takeaway. When I look at these guys, good look, that's good. Point, and Sean. even, even the coordinators. Yeah. They're, they're experienced veteran guys, but you know, they, they report to Matt rule and you don't get, you're not going to see any assistant coaches go off and say something they shouldn't say. No. And no, we've, we've dealt with that over the years. A little bit. I mean, we've, bit. we've dealt with a lot of, I mean, think about like dealing with Bob Diaco and, mm -hmm. Some of the things we've dealt with with assistant coaches and <laughs> post practice, you know, call yeah. call out to players, and I mean, you're not. I think this staff is very much going to be in line with the head coach. Yeah, and I think that's what he wanted. I think that's what Matt wanted. And you know, some people might say, "Well, he could have gotten." Uh, well, this is what he wanted. This is his staff. Like we've seen guys at Nebraska try to bring in big names. Mm -hmm. He he wants to do it this way. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's go on. Headline number three. It's going to be a big weekend in Lincoln for Nebraska basketball. Fred Hoiberg uh, not only has a game on Saturday at 2.30 game against Minnesota, uh, but they will be hosting a big visitor, as Robin Washington Husker Line reported, John Bull. Um, so not only a big game, big recruiting weekend, uh, the place is going to be sold out again, Sip. Uh -huh. um, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming down here Saturday for that game. Fred, Fred, Ho Fred Hoiberg, you know, this is his fourth season. His program hasn't had – a lot of momentum this late in the season right and this sort of yeah this sort of momentum has been rare and almost non-existent but they have it right now and now and now you know now they have a seven foot two center in here as you mentioned um who's got a lot of offers including michigan and illinois and missouri um so yeah this is this is um and it's a very winnable obviously a very winnable game um minnesota comes in here really struggling. Nebraska comes in 14 and 14 overall, 7 and 10 in the league 12th. But the, Nebraska's 10 and 3 at home. Um I mentioned that they're in 12th place. They're still in 12th place even though they're 3 and 1 in February. They're Penn State's 8 and 9 right in front of them and Wisconsin's 8 and 9. They keep the winning. Yeah, those teams keep winning. Minnesota's shown 7 and 15, or excuse me, 7 and 19. 1 and 15 in the league they've lost 11 straight minnesota's lost 11 straight and now their third game of the week yeah they yeah they, they just played wednesday night in maryland lost 88 to 70 now this is tough it's a tough road that's a tough trip i mean maryland to nebraska is no picnic um 
they did take Nebraska to overtime in Minneapolis on January 7th. Five days later, Minnesota beat Ohio State. That was their last win. Minnesota is – now, you, you got to think Nebraska can take care of this. It, and it is a big opportunity for Nebraska. They'll have a, probably a close to a full house. They have that big seven-foot-two kid in here. Um, they should take care of business. Could be a really – good day for Fred's program and it could, and you know, then four and one in February, and then fake, Tom Izzo Tuesday night, Tuesday night, Michigan state comes in another very winnable game. And then you finish up at Iowa. So you're watching Nebraska pretty close because I think they can win out in the regular season. I really believe that um, you would say, well, Sip, what about Iowa? Well, yeah, they, yeah, I watched the Iowa game the first time around. Iowa couldn't score. They scored 50 points, lost by 16 in pedicle. That's the same teams are playing again. I like Nebraska's chances at Iowa. Um, so, and then, then see what happens in the tournament. It could get really interesting here. Um, I don't know how interesting, but I think it could get pretty silly. My question is like, is it a must that Nebraska gets into day two if they can, or is there some advantages to day one? Day I mean, two of what? The Big Ten tournament. Okay. You know, can they, if they played Thursday versus Wednesday, you know, because they could get a win on Wednesday, and that'd be big. Right. Good point. Um, but is it better to be in Thursday and you play somebody really? Well, it depends good? what you're talking about. If you're trying to get in the NCAA tournament, you just got you just got you got pile. You'd rather wins. be on Thursday. I think so. Because you're not going to win four in a row or five in a row very easily. Don't know if you have to win four in a row to get the NCAA. Yeah, you you'd have to. If you play Wednesday, you got to win five days in a row. Right. I think if they would win out the regular season and then win three to start off the Big Ten tournament. This is getting crazy, but I mean, I know people are going, what are you guys talking about? But I don't, I don't, this team's hot right now. Their net is not high. No. And that's killing them. I mean, to even be, they're not even in the discussion of like last four out. I mean, they're not even in that. No, near. they're not yet. But if they'd won six in a row, if they beat Michigan State yeah. and Minnesota. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that Iowa game carries some weight. Yeah. A lot of weight. So yeah, the other part of the discussion is interesting is Nebraska now is, does have a little pressure on them. Like it, they were playing with virtually no pressure for the month of February. And now there kind of is because people are talking about postseason. Now, the other thing is you got to look at health. I don't know how Jamarcus Lawrence is. He came back. He hurt his ankle in the in the last game against Maryland. Came back in the game late. Blaze Kada, same way. I, don't, I haven't seen Robin if he's had an update today or not on those guys. Um, that's something to watch because they're not, they're not that deep right now. Yeah, I'm excited. Um to get through this game, then Tuesday night, senior night, eight o'clock game against Michigan State. So when I saw that schedule to start there, I'm like, ooh, if they could get to this point, this is a great stretch for them. Oh, it's really good. Ra I mean, rarely in yeah. a conference schedule do you get three in a row at home. Right. It's almost unheard of. Right. And they're, again, you should, you sh you'll be heavily favored to beat Minnesota. Eight o'clock tip off at night. I wonder how that arena will be. If they win this game, it'll be, be I think it'll be hot. Yeah, it'll oh, be yeah. hot. And then again, going to Iowa, we'll see on that. But I'll put it this way: I got people like out of the blue that, hey, if you can't go, let me know. I mean, see, there you go. People want to go. Yeah, well, and <laughs> like you got I, good seats, right? I mean, we're in like the one hundred three. I mean, we're we're lower bowl, which is that's pretty good. I mean, just being down there and and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. It, it's there's a lot of people I know. They're like, man, I wish I had tickets now. And you know, and I would imagine the demand for next year will increase because we saw more tickets this year open than ever before. Um, in, a, in a season of Pinnacle Bank Arena. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, let's move on. Okay. Headline number four, Nebraska baseball, 0-3-1 opening weekend. After last year's season where Nebraska failed to qualify for the Big Ten tournament in Omaha, and now this start, are we overreacting? Are you concerned at all with the way the season started for Nebraska? Well, again, Sean, it's all in the context of last season, and they they finished twenty three and thirty last season, uh, ten and fourteen in the Big Ten. They started off last season one and six, so I think people kind of have their their you know they have memories and they remember how last season remember last season rough start. Um, so I think they're thinking about that. Nebraska's team ERA just it's just one weekend of play, but it's eight point six two. All right, that's their ERA. And they gave up like 31 free bases. Yeah, that yeah. That get the 862 ERA and all the free passes that that gives your that gets your attention. Um I mean they're they're not they they haven't been terrible at the plate obviously and they're getting they're, some guys have gotten off to a really good start, but again it's a, it's a pitching discussion to me largely. When they struggled, Sean, in last season, their team ERA was 4.70. You're just not going to be very good when your team ERA is that high. I mean, for comparison's sake, when they were really good in 2021, team ERA was 3.81. Um, so that that you're really watching Jeff Christie's staff right now. You really are. When they go to South Alabama um, this weekend, uh, that's what you're watching. They've got a couple guys that are off to hot starts at the plate. Dylan Carey's a freshman uh, from from Colorado, Castle Rock, Colorado. He's hitting 471. Max Anderson's hitting 353 back from last year. Six for 17. Kid from Miller West. They've had some offensive production. Um, just got to watch the pitching. Now, Megan, scroll down to their next series after South Alabama because that's going to be challenging. They're going to be in Minneapolis, uh, and they've got us uh, in this. But they play Vandy, Hawaii, and Ole Miss. Yeah. Vandy, Hawaii, and Ole Miss. Yeah, that's uh, come on. That's and I, hey, uh, Northern Colorado. You know who the coaches? No, Mike Anderson. Is that oh, the God. Mike Anderson? Coach A. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Well, that'll be that'll be fun. Coming in March seventh. Is that yeah? They, then they've got a manageable stretch, but they've got to at least get get things kind of figured out here. And I always, I mean, do you think it makes sense to kind of overschedule the way they do where you play really, really tough teams out of the gates? Well, how tough is it? Would you say San Diego's really, really they tough? They were a tournament team last year. Yeah, not really, really tough, though. I mean, it, you're not – they're good. I don't know. There's a – Sean, you got to kind of put yourself in the shoes of those guys that are involved. If I were a player, I'd want to go to San Diego and play, right? Right? Well, I just – to get, to get things figured out on the opening weekend, just kind of get get kind of your sea legs underneath you. Yeah, San Diego's not a national power. No, so I like it. I like going out to San Diego. I would like it if I were a player. I'd say, yeah, let's do this. You're going out and playing in a beautiful stadium, and now you're going to South Alabama, Sean. South Alabama, you don't regard that as a power, right? I mean, they're a respectable team in okay. the Sun Belt. Yeah, that's I, all. I'm not trying to dodge competition if I'm Will Bolt. 
you know, I mean, this is year four. Um, no, just go play. And it'll be interesting how Will gets these guys to respond. We both know Will, have a ton of respect for Will. Oh, I, yeah. I've known Will for over 20 years. And, you know, he, he's he's passionate about – he loves Nebraska. He wants to get this thing figured out. Of course he does. I don't know – you asked a good question. Are, are, how do you react to them going 0-3-1 and against San Diego? I don't, I don't think you should overreact, but, but it's not what you wanted. You, it's not what you wanted to see. You know, it wasn't really good baseball. They definitely shouldn't have lost Monday. Right. I mean, it gave up six runs in the seventh, seventh on a time on a time shortened game, on a uh, getaway. They had a game that ended at five o'clock. They had to get out of there. So that's why there's a tie. It's just from afar. It felt like they like all right, we're up by six. Let's just get out of here. And you know, then San Diego responded and beat them. Yeah. Here's the reason you feel guilty if you're over, or you'd feel stupid if you're overreacting if they go win two of three at South Alabama then so you don't you can you can get caught looking kind of silly if you overreact too much right or what if they go sweep out South Alabama right and then all of a sudden they're back in business right, right. so all right you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Final headline here of Husker Island Headlines with Sean Callahan and Steve Sipple. Let's talk Dylan Riola. I feel like he makes the show uh, every week, but there were a lot of rumors out there that were not true, um, and Dominic Riola set the record straight with you. Uh, Dylan Riola still plans to visit Georgia in the month of March. I know there was some smoke that, Maybe that could get rearranged or moved or not happen. Um, but Dylan Riola, at least as of now, is going to still visit Georgia. Yeah, March 18th. So the week, the weekend before Nebraska. Yeah, the weekend before Nebraska. I'm not sure where that came from. It was very interesting on Thursday morning how many people were asking me about that. So yeah, I called Dominic and he right away said, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, we're we're going to Georgia. Um, so and of course, you know what, Dom, you know what? Sean, he's the number one player in the country. He's a program changer. It would be a massive story if he came to Nebraska. So we almost should address it every week. I mean, especially when a rumor crops up like that. Um, so, yeah, and this, this is a gigantic story. I'd almost think we'd be remiss not to touch on it, especially when something comes up like that. And I and I'd say it's wide open. And I, I think it's wide there's going to be a lot more segments, like you said, on Dylan Riola with Nebraska because he's a story. I mean, he, he moves the needle. People are very interested. I can't tell you how much I get asked about Dylan Riola. You know, like people will just come up to you and grab your arm and say, are we going to get Riola? You're like, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I know. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now in high V. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it's crazy. People are, I mean, he captivates the fan. Now uh, they're absolutely. not doing that in Georgia. They're not doing that in other Probably places, not. but here, yeah, you know, like you go in anywhere. I was in Beatrice yesterday. I was, around the state and and he's a conversation starter wherever you go yeah and it's just we're gonna know pretty soon it's gonna it's gonna get hot it's gonna get really hot in march right what is the timeline though that's what we don't know like how long after these march visits is there more visits to come? i gotta think there is i mean again i can't some of the the conversation with dom is off the record um but he does say and he says you can say this 
that it he he uses the word wide the words wide open. There's going to be other visits. There ha, oh, there almost has to be based on what I'm hearing from Dom. Uh, I just don't think he's going to go to Nebraska to Georgia and Nebraska and call it good. I, there's some other teams that are in the that are come on. He's getting recruited hard by a lot of teams. Sean, Penn State has been mentioned texas and oregon and usc is usc is in the thick of it so and they've been now they have been an unofficial visit to usc recently i don't know i just know that if he commits here it's going to be a just a mammoth mammoth story because of he's the number one player in the country but also then what happens he changes your he enhances your chances with recruits all over the country. And I assume he's an early graduate too. So like he is he, is he most guys like him are, yeah. I mean, you, you never know though. Academic situations are different everywhere. Um, I would assume he's a great student, but you know, if he typically a guy like this is going to get somewhere early. The other part of this is sort of interesting is Dayton, his brother, Dayton Rayola, who I don't think he'll, they don't know if he'll be with, he's a good football. Is he going too. to pinnacle too? Uh, I think so. He's a, they left Chandler and they're at Pinnacle now. Yeah, in in Arizona, they live in North Scottsdale, and so yeah, they are moving high schools again. Will Dayton be here on March twenty fourth? They don't know because he's he's also a very good pitcher and first baseman on his baseball team, and he um they, there's uh, there might be a baseball conflict that weekend, so we might just see Dylan. I mean, Dylan can also he could take this all the way down to the wire. He can go as late as he wants with this decision. Yeah. That would be like when you say down to the wire, Sean, educate the people. Mm. Uh, like, what's the wire to you, June? Quarterbacks typically are done by May. Yeah. So, like, if you get past Memorial Day, that's really late. Um, so, you would think by May 1, there'd be something going on. But what if he wants to take spring official visits? Yeah. You know, these are unofficial. Yeah. What if he wants to go on the trips after April 15th and into May? Like that, they pay for you to go on, and right. they want to do more of those. I mean, he he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I I would be surprised if that happens. Yeah, it's it's fast. I mean, like you said, we we can talk about him every show, and I think people are going to be interested. Mm -hmm. And you talked to Dominic, so you had some relevant information. But mm -hmm. uh, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of Husker Online Headlines. Make sure you log on to huskeronline.com. Uh, we're going to have a great weekend of coverage, more stuff from the in-state tour, Nebraska basketball playing against Minnesota, Nebraska baseball against South Carolina. You'll get the always must-read Steve Sipple Sunday yeah, column. Must read. Any any teases for Sunday? Yeah, I might hit that. I might hit that topic we had about the assistants. We've seen them all now. What are the lasting impressions from the that that series of news conferences we have. I might go that direction because there's about five things in my mind that stand out. All right. That's Sunday on Husker Online. You can find Steve Sipple on there about 6 a.m. He drops the column on your front porch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I always could go Dylan. I mean, Dylan, we'd be a month out from his visit, right? I thought about that, too. We'd be, a, you know, Sunday, you'll be a month out. He'll be wrapping up his visit a month from now. So I was thinking about that too. We'll, we'll see. If you're not a member, check us out. $29.99 gets you access to Husker Online until August 31st. Also subscribe and like us here on the YouTube channel. And uh, you can also catch us on the podcast channel. We put all of our YouTube videos on the podcast channel for Husker Online as well. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.